What's up, everybody? Championship Leadership Podcast, and uh, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm really excited. We got Chad right here today. He's a retired Navy SEAL, ultra marathon runner, and founder of Three of Seven Project, and so I'm excited to get into a little bit of all of that. So appreciate you being here, man. Thank you. Nate, thank you for having me, brother. You got a great show, man, and uh, it's an honor to be on here talking to you today. I appreciate that. Yeah. I start off every episode, just about every episode with this championship leadership is the name of the show. So what, what does that mean to you? What do you hear when you hear championship leadership? Man, that's a tough question right there, Nate. Uh, championship <laughs> leadership, being a groundbreaker or, or like, like a somebody that's breaking new ground within their lane. So, so yeah. leading within leading within your passion, being at the, at the cutting edge almost of, of whatever your mission in life is. Um, that's the first thing that comes to mind, man. Oh, and it's, it's hard to explain. So Perfect. yeah, being at that cutting edge. Groundbreaker. Dude. I like that. Yeah. 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 Kind of forging the way, right? That's it, brother. That's it. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about you, your ultra runner, uh, uh, which did that come before or after getting out of the Navy as a SEAL? And then, of course, you got the 307 product. Maybe just let us know a little bit about you and, and the path that you've been on that has brought, brought you to where you are today. Yeah, no doubt, brother. So, um, yeah, a little bit about me, born and raised in a little town in North Georgia. Um, my whole story of becoming a SEAL is, is a lot different than anyone else's. It's, it's pretty unique, um, uh, kind of the, the adversity that I had to endure just to get on the start line. And uh, we can jump into that, yeah. you know, whenever you want, Nate. And yeah. then... Um, as far as the ultra running goes, I started ultra running about a year before I got out of the Navy. And what ultra running really was to me, it was uh, another or a new identity, a new platform uh, mm -hmm. that I could really challenge myself. It was, it was a new, almost a new brotherhood of individuals that I could go out and compete with and push myself. So that's what ultra running became to me. And that's really what it still is now. Although, um, I probably enjoy 
more of the mentorship side of ultra running now than I really do the, the competitive side. I'll go out, you know, I'll run a, you know, two to three races a year that I actually go to win. Um, okay. and the rest of the races, uh, which would be, you know, another five, six, seven races in a year time span are mostly just ran with friends or people that are interested in ultra running that, you know, may not have the confidence to go out and achieve their goals on the first race. And they might just need that little push, you know, just being able to be out there and mentor someone like that. It, it's really fulfilling for me, man. So, um, yeah. I enjoy that side of ultra running now. Um, and then, so what I'm doing for, for work right now, if you can call it work, um, <laughs> is, uh, is we have the three of seven project and, and what three of seven means the three is representative of the body, soul, and spirit, the three aspects of us as humans. The seven is the universal number for completion. So everything that we launch off of this platform that we call three of seven project is to help others find ways to master, nourish, and maintain their body, soul, and spirit to achieve mm -hmm. a complete lifestyle or a complete existence. So we've got a podcast. You know how much work goes into a podcast, yeah, mate. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah we, we spend a lot of time on that, man. Uh, we've had some great guests on so far. Um, we're really, really pushing to, uh, to make that the best product that we possibly can. Um, we've got physical products online, our website, three of seven project.com t-shirts, hats. Uh, these are, these are mantras that I have used to propel me through hard times in the seal teams or in ultra running. And that's what kind of what we've printed on our shirts along with our logos. And then, uh, we've got the speaking engagements, man. I found a real passion in traveling around this country and traveling around this world. Really. I've got a speaking engagement in New Zealand with the uh, corporate headquarters of Volkswagen in January um, awesome. and, and just traveling and meeting all these new people and getting that face-to-face -face interaction because that's where I feel like you can really make uh, the biggest impact, man. So I've, I'm yeah. enjoying that lane. Uh, that's, uh, that's incredible. I love it. And I love what you're all about. Very similar to the path that I'm on as far as just trying to impact as many people as possible. So yeah, we need more of those people out there. That's for sure. What, uh, if you could, I know you kind of talked about it. Let's hear, let's hear about the story, uh, the path that, that that's very unique to you and, and maybe uncommon for, for some coming into becoming a Navy SEAL. What, what do you got for me? I want to hear Yeah, this. man. Yeah. yeah e easy day, brother. Yeah. Um, I, I guess what, uh, starting, starting with what's kind of unique and it's, it's not totally unique because there's a lot of other men in the SEAL teams that had the same kind of background that I had, but, you right. know, coming into the Navy, trying to earn a, a SEAL contract as an 18-year-old young man. Uh, I was never an athlete, uh, never had played sports, never ran. I had never swam in a swimming pool until I decided I wanted to go and earn a SEAL contract. I, I failed a lot at that. It's called a physical standards test. It's, a, it's yeah. a test you have to pass to earn a SEAL contract. And I took that thing for about three straight months um, before I could finally pass it and earn that SEAL contract. So mm -hmm. it was a, it was a real it was a real challenge for me physically just to get a chance to go to SEAL training. So I, I finally earned that SEAL contract. I go to Navy boot camp on the last day of boot camp. It's our final evolution. We just wrap it up and we're all going to like the ceremony where we get our hats that they, they give you a hat that changes from recruit to Navy. Okay. And and as we're headed that way as a as a division they, my, my drill instructor pulls me out and he says, Hey man, 
you need to go to medical. They found something on your physical they need to talk to you about. So I walk over to medical and uh, stand before the dive medical officer that had done my dive physical. And he said, Chad, we found that you have a seven centimeter pericardial cyst on your heart. He said, this is an asymptomatic condition. So we're not going to remove this thing. It's not worth the risk of surgery to, to take this thing off your heart. But we're afraid that when you dive underwater as a seal, the pressure change could potentially burst this cyst. So you cannot be a seal. Um, so I was given a wow. definitive answer in the last moment, uh, and my dreams were, were really uh, uh, stripped away from me, you know. So that's where kind of my path changed. So instead of moving forward with the rest of my classmates to go and have a shot at my dreams, um, I, I chose to get out of the Navy. Uh, the Navy gave me a choice to go out into the fleet and be a part of the regular Navy, but that wasn't where I had set my, my goals at. Yeah. So I chose to cut all ties, man, and um, show back up here to my hometown in North Georgia. And obviously people are looking at me like, what are you doing back here, yeah. Chad? You know, you obviously you quit because that's what everybody does in SEAL training yeah, and they yeah. quit. Yeah. And they're not hearing what I'm saying about, you know, the thing with my heart. So that was kind of tough to overcome that, especially as a, and I was a kid back then, yeah, right? you know, when you're 18 years old, you still have something to prove. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I, I start seeking a surgeon that will take this thing off of my heart so I can continue mission. Went to multiple surgeons, finally found a guy that would remove this cyst from my heart no one wanted to touch it. One, because it's a very rare condition. Uh, I'm the only SEAL candidate in the history of Naval Special Warfare to ever be diagnosed with this thing. Wow. And it's a pretty complicating surgery, too. They actually have to make a significant incision and break some bones to, to get in there and take that thing out. Yeah. Um, but this surgeon was willing to do this for me. He was a, he was a former uh, combat surgeon. He had served time downrange. He could really appreciate that I wanted to go and serve my country. And um, he performed the surgery. The surgery was successful. I was standing before the same dive medical officer that had disqualified me less than a year after that surgery. And he looked at me like, dude, what are you doing back here? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just told him what happened, put the paperwork down in front of him. And, and he, he really appreciated what I had done. He appreciated the sacrifice that I had made. Yeah. to to have a chance at my dreams and if anyone could appreciate it it was him because he understood what was entailed to, to have this cyst removed so they they allowed me at that point to to have a shot at buds man awesome wow and obviously uh things things worked out from there so yeah that's a powerful story and did you have to go back through uh basic training no, I didn't. I luckily I didn't have to go through back through boot camp because I made it up to like the last day of boot camp, man. Yeah. So they didn't make me go back through it, you know. And and they, you know, I t I tell the story, and yeah, it's 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 a unique story. But what's what's the value in this story, man? Uh, for me, I think the value for everyone else in in this story of mine, this this path that I've walked is no matter what is set before you whether it's in business, relationships, uh, fitness, whatever it may be, whatever that mountain is or that obstacle that life has set before you, there is always a way under, over, around this obstacle. 
if you make the decision to continue mission, you will find a way. Never allow society's opinions to dictate your greatness. To me, that's the lesson in, in the story. Yeah, I yeah, know that's powerful because, you know, especially as a champ, we talk championship leadership, right? I mean, I think the championship leaders out there, they're, they don't stop at that first obstacle. And it was a big, it's a big obstacle, especially when in the military, you know, I was in the army and you know, typically when, when you're told like it ain't happening, it's just not happening. Right. There isn't too much you can do to negotiate around that, but to see you get out and, and go like do what's required and do what's necessary to get yourself that shot back is, is powerful. And I'm sure, I'm sure that that has served you even today, right? You continue to lean on that experience to, in, in everything else that you do inside of your life as well. Oh, totally, man. The, 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 the adversity is a, is, is a blessing. I mean, yeah. you know, okay, that's, that's a whole other subject, man, totally. you know? Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about uh, ultra running. I, 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 uh, I caught the bug a little bit, if you would, you know, ran a, my, my first 100 mile race in 2018 failed a few times along the way and i'm continuing to cruise down that path now i i don't go into any of these races myself to win because i'm not at that point but uh but i love it i love the challenge i love the lessons that i've learned and extracted from it people that you meet like just everything about it it's it's an it's a whole nother world it's a whole nother tribe like like you kind of said right but yeah talk to me a little bit more about that and and uh, maybe even some of the races that you are looking towards for 2020. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, and, that, and that, you're right, Nate. The great thing about ultra running is um, there's so many things that you learn in ultra running uh, that are, are applicable to your real, your real life. And there's so many things that translate from SEAL training, from service in the SEAL teams um, that translate into ultra running. And, and really that's, that's what makes me uh, be a, my background is kind of gave me a jump on, on being able to be competitive in the sport. So, you know, I, I, again, I, it's a, it's a, it's a great passion of mine. It's just being outside and, and connecting with that spiritual side of myself. It's, it's a wonderful group of people. Um, as far as races that I'm looking at in 2020, of course, in January, we'll be going out to a race in New Zealand called the Revenant. And it is a, uh, it's, it's about a 120 mile long uh, foot race, but it's done on a private farm, private 30,000 acre farm down on the South Island. It's all off trail. You have to navigate the course with map and compass. No one's ever finished it before. Um, I attempted it last year and did not, I, I finished one loop and that was it. It took me, it took me 31 hours to cover probably 70 kilometers, uh, which is just, you know, I, I can, I can usually run, I could run like 120 miles in 31 hours on a trail. Yeah. So yeah. just to give you an idea of how harsh the terrain is and, and it's just a, it's a wonderful event. And, um, so that'll be the big one in January. And then there I'm, I'm signed up right now for another race in May called the cruel jewel 100. It's a 106 mile long foot race through the mountains of North Georgia. It's got 33,000 feet of elevation gain and loss. And that was actually my first hundred miler. I did it two years ago 
And uh, I got eighth place there at Cruel Jewel two years ago, first 100-miler ever. Wow. So uh, that'll be my race that I'm going back to win this year, um, okay. Lord willing. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. What's, um, who, who are a few, you know, people that have impacted you and, you know, really, again, this is less about who they are. So we don't need to name names if that's not something that you want to or are able to do, but, um, more like championship level leaders, coaches, mentors, people that have impacted you, whether that's in the civilian life, military, uh, world. And, uh, really more importantly, like just what are some of the characteristics or traits that you've that you've taken from them that maybe has even helped to mold who you are as a man, as a leader in your life? Man, I'll tell you the number one dude that's really impacted me. I shouldn't say dude, the number one friend and brother that's really impacted me here recently. Someone named Jesse Itler. And uh-huh. um, I consider Jesse, a, a, I consider Jesse a great friend of mine. And, you know, you talk about what are the characteristics and, and Jesse is, he is the master when it comes to entrepreneurship, business, achieving goals, all that, he, he's the master, man. There's just, he's und, it's undisputed. You know, things about Jesse, you spend 15 minutes around Jesse and you feel like you can conquer the world. He just has this unlimited well of energy. Um, he's really not afraid to do, to, to do, go, go after any goal. And he's also, he's also very generous and, and with his time and, and with his wisdom. And he just has a great heart, man. And he's all, he, he, he's, he's a man of his word. He never falls through on, on a promise that he makes or, or on a, something that he might tell you. And that's, a, that's amazing because the yeah. man has a tremendous amount of responsibility uh, to manage. And, and uh, for him to put the amount of time that he's put into mentoring me is, uh, yeah, you know, I'm just so thankful for it, man. So Jesse's definitely one. And then, um, Obviously, my little brother, he's, he's my business partner here in three of seven. Um, Blake, his name's Blake. He kind of flies. Blake flies under the radar. So yeah. I'm, I'm usually, you know, I, I'm always front and center in everything, speaking engagements, podcasts, whatever it may be. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, the, I'm the talking head or <laughs> whatever, you know what I mean? Right. And, but, but Blake, he's flying under the radar, and he, he's, he's the guy that whispers in my ear, man. For me, you got to have somebody like that in your life that's going to be, it's going to whisper in your ear some good, honest truth, no matter what you're doing. And, and they don't, they, they don't necessarily, Blake, he, he's, he's going to give me the, the truth yeah. about what I'm doing, how I'm acting, who I'm interacting with, the message that I'm putting out. If any of it's out of line from our values, he's the man that, that reels me back in and really just speaks that truth into my life. And he's always been that person for me, man, to just cut and dry. This is what's right. This is what's wrong. And, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so important to have that. Right. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, they tend to surround themselves maybe with more people that are telling them what they want to hear versus like to have those people in your life that, you know, I mean, they're going to tell you what you need to hear and it's not, to be a jerk. It's just like, cause they love you and <laughs> because that's what you need to hear. And, uh, those people are hard to find and, you know, it takes a, someone of some great character like yourself to be able to, to realize that and, and to actually surround yourself with those people. Uh, Jesse, I, I love, like I I've followed him for a while, actually, since reading his book, living with a seal and probably 2016, I was getting ready to do an event and uh, I read his book. And ever since then, I've, I've, uh, I've consumed a lot and watched 
followed his path too. So yeah, I just, uh, I can imagine like everything yeah. that is everything that I've experienced from the outside looking in, of course, of what he seems to be. So yeah, I, I couldn't be more blessed to have a, a, I almost consider him like a, a, a business father, like, uh, you know, to, to really just give me the confidence in the direction that, that I need. And, and I'm just so thankful for him, man. And, and he is what, what you see and what you hear, uh, on, on that social media, or if you ever hear Jesse speak live, that's him. He he doesn't put on any airs. That's him, brother. Which is also rare, unfortunately, but, uh, yeah, that's great to hear. So what, Let's talk a little bit about vision. I think championship level leaders, man, they got some great vision, but also more than that, you know, the courage to be actually take, make the decisions and move on that vision. What's the vision for you guys? I know let's maybe talk a little bit more about three of seven project and where that's going and what you, what your vision is for that and what you want to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah, totally brother. Um, as far as three of seven project goes to be honest with you, Nate, um, it, it's a simple, it's a simple, what we want to accomplish is we want to help as many individuals as, as we possibly can with, the, with the message that we have to share. And, uh, the message that I have is something that, you know, has been very useful to me through some very difficult times in life, not only as a seal, but, but struggles I've had in my marriage, you know, ultra running the whole nine yards tools that I have used to, to get me through these hard times. Um, so our message is to impact as many people as we possibly can. I don't have any expectations as to where three of seven has to go or what it needs to be. That's why we call it a project, man, because we want it to be something that we can always build on and shift, you know, as, as far as it's so great for me being, being retired from the Navy, you know, I make, I live, now I live a simple life, but I, I make enough money from my retirement that I don't need any more money, man. So I I don't have to have expectations, um, on, on where this thing needs to go, how much money it needs to make. And obviously when we do make money, it's great because we can reinvest it into the business and just grow that, that impact and that reach to, to a whole nother level. You know, that's what we just did. We, we got the first sponsors for our podcast the other day and um, awesome, I yes. went out and bought, you know, yesterday I bought $1,500 worth of podcasting equipment. Yeah. And so that's what, for me, that's, that's the way I just want it to keep compounding on itself. But, but as far as expectations or a finish line, I don't think there will ever be one. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Congrats on the podcast. I know, you know, the thought might be you see someone with a podcast are making some money, but that is not the case. And, uh, you know, it's not why you do it. And that's not why like, I, I just love the conversations of people, the relationships and that are had through the podcast. And then if you can, you can create some revenue through it, then that's all gravy on top. So, yeah, yeah. Well, well, and the revenue is all about just being able to make it better. That's yeah. all. I, I mean, I, I would never look at a podcast as a, as a main source of income ever. I mean, there's mm-hmm. very few people out there in the world that it's their main source of income, mm-hmm. but, uh, but you got to look at it as, Hey man, yeah, if I can get uh, if I can get an advertisement on here and I can get better equipment and get my sound quality up and get my reach up and yep. all, that's what it's all about to me, the podcast, it's a labor of love, brother. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. 
What's uh, I, I've noticed is, you know, ever since uh, coming across you, you know, I think just happened across you inside of uh, Instagram or wherever it might have been and some of the posts that you make and I've just, you know, noticed the message. Number one, it's like, it's very consistent, of course, which isn't surprising. Um, but it's also just very like you talked a little bit about your values and just your your purpose, how you see the world, uh, you know, a lot about staying grounded, uh, kind of staying uh, rooted, right? Like your roots. And, and maybe you could talk a little bit about that and where that comes from and why that's so important to you. I think it's important for yeah. a lot, everyone. Totally, man. Yeah, it definitely is. That staying grounded and, and, and humility, man, you can conquer. You, you can, you can, I don't say conquer, you can achieve so much more with, uh, with that humility than you ever could just being, being cocky and, and thinking that you're always, you know, supposed to be number one or supposed to know everything. My wife really helps keep me grounded, man. It, you know, anytime if I, if I get a little, if I win a race or something and I start getting a little too big, you know, for my britches, she'll pull me back in, man. But, you know, along the lines of your question, Nate, you know, I think it's so important, brother, for us as, as men and women to understand, man, that there's not a whole lot of difference between each other as human beings. Essentially, we're all made of the same stuff man we're, we're made we're made of dirt when, when we when we pass on and, and we're done with this journey we go back to the ground that we came from and what do we all turn into dirt man what makes us different as individuals again is how we use the god-given tools that we have as individuals you know i, I just think that's part of staying grounded is is not to not to ever think that you're better than anyone else, but also don't think that anyone else is better than you. You know, don't, don't look at someone that's achieved some, maybe achieved some very successful business or maybe has some position that you, that you want. And don't think that they're, don't think that they got that because they're better than you because they're not. They've just utilized their tools to get to that place they wanted to be. And you can do the same thing. So, you know, for me, that's, that's what staying ground is all about, brother. Yeah. I appreciate that. I, I want to respect your time. So as we wrap up, like what, are, what's maybe one or two things you could leave the listeners with they could really take and just put into their life today to, to help move them forward, make some guiding principles or just some things that could help them out inside their life. Yeah. That's easy day, Nate. So probably my biggest tool, man, that uh, yeah, guiding principle or thing that helps me in my life, dude, is is uh, I call it the power of the spoken word, man. And this is something that I really just, just try to instill in, in people, and I've seen it change so many people's lives. And, and I can explain it to you in a couple different ways, dude, but think about, um, think about you know, Nate, you and I and our, 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 our former lives and jobs, we dealt with firearms a lot, right? We dealt with guns a lot. So, you know, I try to, I try to use this example of if I was, if I was to hand you a, a handgun or a rifle, you would be very careful with that weapon. You would be conscious of where your muzzle was pointed. You'd be conscious of the position of your finger. Every maneuver that you made would be intentional because that's a dangerous thing. And you and I, and most everyone knows that when that bullet leaves the barrel, you can never get it back. Mm -hmm. um, likewise, your words also, when they leave your mouth and they go out into this kingdom of the air and they become part of this reality that we all live in, 
You can never get them back. And, 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 you know, your words are so powerful. They can cause death just like a bullet can. They can give death or life, um, not only within a situation or a relationship, but even physical. Physically, they can bring death or life, the things that come out of your mouth. Why would you be so meticulous with this weapon, but, why, but, but then so complacent with your, with your words? And I think when you can recognize the power uh, and the permanence of, of the things that come out of your mouth and how they can impact your situation, and you take control of that and you stop being complacent with it, you can really steer your life in, in, in business and situ- any situation in the direction that you want it to go, man. Yeah. So that's, that's probably my number one tool, brother. And, and you know, there's so many ways to, to uh, really show people that and, and articulate it. You know, I talk about, um, you know, combat diving and, and how the, the rudder of a ship and, and how that compares to our tongue. And, you know, mm-hmm. gosh, we could do a whole other podcast on mm-hmm. the spoken word, man. But, that's my number one, dude. It, you know, if I had to pick one, it's the words that you speak and and uh, take control of that rudder and um, and and steer your vessel in the proper direction in order to accomplish your mission. Appreciate it. That's that's powerful. So, what's uh what are some ways that we can find out more about you? Follow you social media. You know, find out what you're going, what you got going on with Three to Seven Project. Oh, thank you for asking, Nate. Yeah, so the only social platform I'm on is Instagram, and it is uh, at Chad Wright, that's C-H-A-D-W-R-I-G-H-T-278. Um, and then also to follow 3 of 7 Project, best place is the website, 3 of 7 projectcom That's the number three of the number seven project.com. And uh, we've got the website up, or not the website. We've got the podcast on the website. We've got the products on the website. And, um, you know, everything will be right there or on Instagram either way. So, yeah. Perfect. Thank you so no, much for asking. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get all that linked up too so it's easy for, them, for everybody to find. And I just uh, really appreciate you taking some time to be here. I've, I've enjoyed the conversation. It's been great. And so thank you. No, thank you, Nate. It was an honor, my brother. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. And marriage has never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey, baby Championship, championship, t-